I'm Duncan McLeod, and this is the Tech Central podcast. Our next uh, discussion is a continuation of the really interesting podcast series we've been having with the folks at E4. And today's podcast, I'm joined by Nick Stephanie, who is E4's Chief Commercial Officer. Nick, I was uh, joking with your colleague, uh, Fibia, uh, Figile Sabia, in our last podcast that uh, E4 only seems to employ women. And uh, here we are in our fourth <laughs> podcast, and uh, you're breaking with uh, tradition here. Uh, yes, so here I am. Here you are, Nick. Welcome to the uh, podcast. Whereabouts yeah. in South Africa are you right now? I'm currently in Johannesburg. Oh, you're in Johannesburg, yeah. same as me. Okay. Yeah, in Johannesburg, yeah. Impossible to tell these days. We used to do these meetings in person, but uh, no. Exactly. You've, you've got no idea where anyone is, except except if their background screens change, then you can kind of guess. But the exactly. rest is uh, I had to interesting check. times. I could have checked. Outside of that window could have been a Mauritian beach. Yeah, yeah, that would have been nice. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to plan this better next time. Right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, Great. Great. Well, um, we, we've done it. Uh, we're doing a whole series of these podcasts with E4, and we've had some really interesting discussions yep. so far. And if uh, you've missed any of those uh, those interviews, uh, please go do go back and have a have a listen to them. You'll find them in the podcast section. Yeah, I've had a chance to to listen to them all. You've you've spoken to the people that really know what they're talking about. I'm afraid you've got me now. (laughs) (laughs) Nick, I'm sure. You've been with the business for almost 20 years. I'm sure you know it backwards and you're going to be able to share some really interesting insights with us today. Um, So you've you've really actually been with the business pretty much since its founding. E4 was founded about 21 years ago. It celebrated its 20th anniversary last year. And I think you've been with the group for about 18 or 19 of those years. Yeah, that's right, Duncan. I was lucky enough to to meet or come across the founders of the business, um, and and it was really at its inception. And uh, I think neither of us knew any the wiser, and uh, they needed some young guys to help them with with their idea and their business. So I was lucky enough to join them very early on, and uh, it's been an been an interesting journey um, in the, over the last eighteen years as a result of that. Yeah, you must have seen some interesting changes in this industry over the, over that time, and in, and at E4 itself. Maybe take us through some of those that's those those changes that you've seen. Uh, how have the yeah. discussions changed over the years? Uh, how have your conversations with clients changed? Yeah, we've. Uh, I guess it's been pretty much a lifetime in in eighteen years, and I, I think most of what one learns in business school or in MBAs, we've we've probably been through about four or five times in the last last 18 years so you know i think from the from a business perspective we went through all of the periods one would expect you know from being a startup in in a fledgling technology space if you think to 18 years ago it was really in its infancy Uh, we still had dial-up modems uh, back then and we were we were really championing and pioneering quite a radical new idea which was to connect mortgage lenders and and attorneys electronically and take all their data and connect them electronically. And if you can imagine trying to convince a large mortgage lender that that was the way to go 18 years ago was was pretty radical. Mm. Um, and then we went to, you know, we, uh, Standard Bank back in the day, uh, took it on board and, and decided that uh, we sort of vaguely knew what we were talking about and, and we're happy to champion that idea with us. And it was really quite far ahead of its time, actually, looking back at it. And we grew rapidly from there because thanks to, you know, some good implementation and some really good developer work, the idea we had proved to be successful. And, and you know, we very quickly went from a startup business to, you know, through some rapid growth and, and all, of the, all of the highs and lows that come with rapid growth. 
um, not least of which trying to continuously improve the technology and continuously innovate, but also growing a business at a, at a very rapid rate. We went from, I think, nine employees to 60 and then 100 in the space of a couple of years. And, and at one point, we got up to about 450 employees in, in wow. a very short space of time. And that obviously brought, you know, a lot of changes and a lot of shift in mentality. Uh, so we went through pretty much every cycle you can imagine um, in that period to where we are now, which is really quite a, a reasonably large sized technology business uh, with a very large collection of blue chip um, customers, uh, some very sophisticated technology that we run in, in that customer base and a sort of very structured and operationally sound business. So a lot of, a lot's happened in 18 years. Um, and, and then the market itself has changed tremendously. Uh, you know, I think all of our eyes were opened in that period around what technology could do for what was a very manual and, and process heavy, heavy industry being mortgages. And, and it's not just E4. I think they collectively together with the mortgage lending partners who we've had in some cases, 20 year relationships with we've, we've revolutionized together the manner in which mortgages are, are processed. And I know, I know the banks that we work with are very proud of what they've achieved. And in many ways, they've been ahead of their, ahead of their time. And we're very proud of what we've achieved with them in a, in a methodical way over the last yeah. 18 years. So yeah, it's been a great journey. <laughs> so you, I mean, you've you've expanded your focus areas a lot in that time as well. You've become quite a broad-based fintech uh, player in South Africa. Um, for those who might have missed the earlier E4 podcast, just uh, maybe briefly take us through E4's business focus areas today. Yes. So, so again, in, in uh, I guess sticking with the theme and looking back over eighteen years, we've we've tried various uh, technologies and in different industries and had a lot of exposure to. I guess we were doing fintech before fintech was even even a word and, and uh, software as a service. We were doing it unbeknownst to us before it was even a, a you know a catchphrase. Um, where we've arrived at today is we we very much focused on our subject matter expertise and we we realised over time that we've built up a huge amount of knowledge and and very specific IP and very specific areas of I guess the fintech environment. Mm -hmm. So the, the first space that we've really homed in on and kind of try to make it our own is, is the prop tech space. So looking at the property environment in particular and looking at the property and specifically the mortgage registration environment and, and looking at how technology and innovations in technology can help to either improve processes or, or manage what can be some very complex environments in the mortgage space so that's it is still today a huge focus of the business and we really like to think of ourselves as i guess on a global or a world scale you know rather rather the advanced in terms of the types of technology we've been able to deploy in that space and that's that's also allowed us to take that technology into uh, places further afield beyond south africa so we We've also been lucky enough uh, to take that prop tech technology into the UK uh, with some early success and also some vindication around what's happened in South Africa in the tech space and, and actually how 
as South Africans, we we generally think we're not that far ahead, but actually, you know, if, if, uh, you know, can hold our head up quite high in the yeah. technology world. And then second to that is we have a huge data focus. So a large component of the E4 uh, business is focused on data. We, we have probably the market leading data aggregation platform in, in SearchWorks in Southern Africa for sure. And that's a business that we've been slowly building over time. And I, I guess we could foretell that data would be one of the great drivers. And, and nowadays everybody's talking about you know, at first it was big data. It's not even big data anymore. It's analytics and and building insights into data. So we built that as a parallel or ancillary uh, business and service that also complements prop tech, but right. it has a much broader broader focus in the data space. Um, and there we we servicing financial services across the board, um, and have had a huge amount of success. But also see a great future for the data business. So. Huge amount of data at our disposal that we package, repackage, analyze, and then build into core banking processes. Mm-hmm. And then, and then in line with that, we have uh, a couple of other initiatives that have been underway for the last year or so that are proving, um, you know, to be pretty successful, although early stage. So we we got quite heavily involved in the reg tech space, so reg- regulatory technology, and that was born out of the property business where we understood the need for digital platforms to onboard customers for credit lending and all the services that were required around that. So we built out a reg tech capability and we plug that into the prop tech space, but that also has much broader applications. So if we think of digital banks in South Africa, there, there are a lot of them both in the incumbent space and new players. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, they've got to onboard a customer. They've got to go through a FICA process. They've got to go through an AML process. And if you and I were a customer, we've got to verify who we are. Um, so we combine our data capabilities as well as some of our general fintech skill sets in building out a reg tech um, offering. And then lastly, uh, although it's linked to the prop tech environment, we, we're building out a consumer platform uh, for lending. So mm-hmm. our first initiative there is directly linked into the property space and we we invested quite heavily in building, um, uh, I, I guess, a mortgage application platform, so MortgageMe.coza, which we think is the first of its kind where the South African consumer can apply directly for a mortgage. It links into all of the mortgage lending um, institutions in South Africa and can have, a, I, I guess, a digital experience in applying for a mortgage. And the back end to that is rather sophisticated in that it it, it utilizes all the services and data sets and technology platforms that we've built up over the years. So that's that's kind of the core focus of the E4 business at the moment. And then I guess lastly, I mentioned our, our foray into the global or international scene in the UK, which is essentially a combination of all of those skill sets and 18 to 20 years worth of learning mm. and taking that into a brand new market, which is is the UK. Yeah, so that's that's where we're at today. Okay, so how big is your UK business uh, to date, and uh, is it a fairly new operation you have there? And do you are you looking at other international uh, uh, markets as well? Yes, yeah, so it's it's a it's a relatively small um, business at the moment. We we kind of taking it taking it relatively slowly in the sense that uh, we're using South African rands to invest in a in right. a UK or a pound based environment. So we and we've had a long history of 
um, offshoring our business. We've had a lot of experience in starting new tech businesses overseas. So we've kind of used all the learnings from that and homed in on a real opportunity in the UK. Um, one of my partners in the business and a longstanding executive member has moved over to the UK mm-hmm. to run the initiative. And then he's supported by a team of um, 10 developers. We have a development capability in Mauritius as well as South Africa to build that out. And we've just recently signed on one of the largest mortgage lenders uh, to run a proof of concept with us. They've, they've been a great partner to have. And we're in the process of running uh, a rather sophisticated service with them to also look at automating some of the back-end and more process-heavy uh, mortgage process environments for them. So very exciting, early days, but very exciting for us, Duncan. So you do have a presence in Mauritius. We do, we do. So we could easily have done this call from there. <laughs> I, I see the flights have just opened up, so you and I could have been on a plane and done the, done the yeah, done the call from there. We've we've had an office in Mauritius. Um, you know, I'll get the numbers wrong, but it feels like a very long time. So we we'd have a very strong developer skill set and capability in Mauritius as well as South Africa. So. I'd say of the current 200-odd employees, um, half of them are tech or developer-focused right. and based in, in and around South Africa. We have offices in Johannesburg, uh, Durban, and Cape Town. And then in parallel to that, we built out a business with developer capabilities in Mauritius. And we have a team of, of 10 um, in Mauritius that work uh, as E4 out of there nice. and build a lot of the new technology for us. So. I guess in some senses, although very South Africa focused, we we kind of utilizing the best of of what the world has to offer for us. Yeah. Also, been been a very interesting journey that. Yeah, yeah, interesting indeed. Um, well, we, let me, let's circle back a little bit. We were talking about uh, sure. the company's twenty twenty one year history, um, and so all the changes that you've seen in that period of time. But I imagine the last eighteen months have been particularly. <laughs> interesting <Yeah. laughs> in terms of uh, in terms of some of the changes you've seen um, with with obviously the COVID nineteen pandemic that I'm alluding to. Um, Absolutely. Uh, how ready was E four for that? I believe uh, you know as a digital company, uh, you you're, you were more ready than most uh, for the whole work from home situation and, and and some of the impact of that that has had. But how has it impacted your go to market strategy, the way you work with clients, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera? Yeah, I think. Look, it's I think. For us and, and probably for everyone, um, you know, it was unprecedented, um, to be honest. And I think it, it happened so quickly in many ways, it felt like a bit of a whirlwind. Um, and I guess with the benefit of hindsight, uh, it, it's been nothing short of exceptional um, for, for the way E4 has been able to handle, uh, I guess, something that's certainly in my generation is nothing we we've ever seen before I, I guess the biggest challenge we've had prior to that was managing the business through the financial crisis in 2008 yeah. so although the the challenges were similar the reasons were and are very different so specific to covid um from an operational perspective uh, it was phenomenal how well the business managed to to change to a totally online environment we managed to get in the initial lockdown, get everyone out of the office and and get the entire business up and running in less than a morning. Um, had we have not told anyone that that's what we were doing, no one would have been any the wiser. <laughs> and I guess the benefits the benefits we had is that we're a technology based business. So a lot of it was 
facilitated and, and accelerated by the fact that both internally and externally we're a tech-focused business. Um, so that was that was relatively plain sailing, if I'm honest. And then another huge plus for us is we have, as I mentioned, very long-standing, deeply entrenched strategic relationships with our core clients. Yeah. yeah. So and and that was hugely beneficial in in the seismic shift while. Our banks, for example, were also dealing with the impact and the unknowns of COVID. At least E4 was a very well-known entity and and we are very well aligned and have worked with each other for a very long time. So that, in fairness, helped to to smooth the change in terms of either go-to-market or stabilizing the market. Uh, you know, I think we both got a huge sense of comfort in, in terms of the change that was precipitated by COVID. Um, and then, if, if anything, for E4, we've seen an acceleration in delivery and an acceleration in the need for technology. So we, we run quite a sizable pipeline and quite a large innovation funnel at any point in time. Uh, we usually, in some cases, have rather long cycles. You know, it takes a couple of years for some decisions to be made around really new innovative technology because, A, they require massive amounts of investment. But they also require a lot of buy-in from banks to make a lot of changes. And what we've seen, thanks to or due to COVID, is that a lot of that's been accelerated. So our pipeline that maybe looked looked for delivery in 2023 or 2024, we've actually had to bring forward and deliver at the request of a lot of our clients and partners a lot earlier, which obviously on the one hand has been great news for the business. So the business itself is... Uh, you know, I hesitated to say it too loudly because I know it hasn't been like this for everyone, but we, we've done exceptionally well in the last 18 months. Um, but at the same time, it's also meant that we've had to, you know, scale in line with that growth. Sure, sure. So, so look, overall, uh, on balance and looking back at it, uh, very, very well handled by the team. In Within E4, we've got an exceptionally skilled set of people and dedicated group of of people in the business, they help to make that happen, and and overall, it's yeah. we've been very fortunate, very very fortunate. I'm I'm really interested in, in discussions around the impact of uh, these work from home measures, uh, and many companies are talking about making this permanent now. I think Price Waterhouse Cooper said the other day that employees may continue to work from home forever indefinitely if they want to, and some other companies have said yeah. the same. I think Twitter was one of them as well, while others are saying, no, you've got to come back to the office. Uh, we we need you here because of you know, cultural reasons we need to, we need, we need people interfacing face to face in order to grow yeah. our business and determine who we are. Um, how is, how is the cultural impact of this work from home thing been for, uh, for E4 and what has the impact been? I mean, it sounds like your, the impact on, on productivity has been negligible and in fact may have been positive for, for your productivity, but o- over a longer sort of period, what, what is E4's thinking around um, people working from home? Does it, is it something that you'd encourage or do you, would you prefer to see people back in the office or do you think a mix of the two is going to be the right way going forward? Yeah, I think it's 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 a very poignant question. Uh, we're, busy, we're busy discussing that as a team a, as we speak, in fact. Uh, so that's that particular topic and it's sort of arrived at the right point in time. We It's a hot topic for discussion internally at E4. You know, what do we do going forward? Mm. Uh, we seem to have managed quite well so far. I don't think it's been easy for everybody. So I don't sure. think there's been a one size fit all and we're very 
aware of and conscious that working from home in its entirety doesn't necessarily suit everyone. And, and, and I think we've been very conscious of that. I think our HR team in, in particular have done a fantastic job of, of, I guess, to start off with just monitoring and understanding the cultural impact on the business. So it's one thing to have uh, an acceleration in productivity, but at what cost you know, does that come? And we've been very conscious of that. We have the benefit, I guess, to some extent of not being a large enterprise. Um, you know, as I mentioned, there are 200 employees as opposed to 2,000 or 20,000. And generally, we foster a culture of, of a family environment and still have a, a kind of fast-moving startup mentality. And, and a lot of people have worked with each other for a very long time. So in fairness, it has made some of the transition easier. And then... To your specific question around going forward and what do we as as E4 think we should be doing, you know, is 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 it is the right answer to everybody to go back to the office the way that it was and everybody works nine to five and you all need to physically be in an office, or is the answer look we quite we seem to be working quite well offline and people can meet on a needs basis or is there something in between? Um, we we haven't quite homed in on yet what what we think will work well for e4 as opposed to what everybody else is doing right um we've just concluded a bit of research both locally and globally to try and understand what everybody's doing whether it's pwc or twitter but also more like-minded or or like-sized businesses we're going to factor that into our decision making and then also the approach we take is to have a very collaborative one is to also understand from the vast majority of staff, you know, what works best and what works best for your teams. Mm-hmm. And I think within the next couple of weeks, we'll we'll make the right call as to as to what it should look like going forward on a more longer term basis. But probably probably one of the bigger internal decisions we've got to make at the moment. Yeah. And then, of course, there's the the elephant in the room around, you know, uh, people's views around vaccination. And, you know, again, we all read the news and we all see what, you know, there's some differing views on both ends of the scales around whether you can only come back to work if you're vaccinated or not, and notwithstanding people's personal views on vaccination. So we trying to factor that in and be be realistic and, and conscious of that too. So I think some big decisions that do need to be made. Um, but but I feel pretty confident that you know we'll get the right the right answer. I've got my personal views on what I think I think might happen. I won't uh, ask you for this. <laughs> no, but uh, but I think whatever decision we make specific to E4 generally is sure. works works well for us. Sure. Um, yeah, sure. but it's very interesting times, and uh, who knows? We're going to look back in five years' time, both here in South Africa and, and globally and it'll be fascinating to see what everyone's done and how they've kind of rearranged to create whatever the new normal you know lands up being yeah yeah it's be fascinating to see our companies are going to have to make some difficult potentially difficult decisions in the next little while and I, uh, I think so you can already see that it's starting to to come to the bubble bubble over you know some big decisions and i think particularly where you have a large workforce uh, yeah. with yeah. invariably varying views and 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 the like it's going to be i think it's an easy decision to underestimate is my my summation of it <laughs> right. once Good. you dig into it it's uh yeah. 
<laughs> it's not lots, that easy. <laughs> lots of potential landmines you're going to have to do. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I think so. Yeah, yeah. So um, just, just last to question on this topic uh, of, of COVID and work from home, et cetera. If you... Um, how, how, is it, how have you interfaced with your clients during this time? I mean, working in, in the IT space, I suppose, uh, it, you know, both your clients and yourselves are, are very comfortable using technology to, to communicate. Uh, so I imagine a lot of work has been done via, um, via Zoom and Teams and, and, and you know, platforms like that. Yeah. Um, so we've... Uh, yeah? Yeah, sorry, Duncan. We, we've all, all become experts at Teams, I think, it's yeah. fair to say. And... Uh, most of, at least initially, especially in those sort of hard lockdown periods, and I think while everyone was trying to, you know, find their feet, um, you know, we made use of teams and, and it worked phenomenally well for us. It worked phenomenally well for our clients. Um, we have a number of touch points with our clients. So it's not just mm. one or two individuals and across the board, um, you know, it's actually worked pretty well. And I think, Part of the reason is obviously the technology was available to do that, but a large part of it is we know our clients intimately. They've known us for a very long time and specifically the individuals uh, that work within our clients' environments and vice versa. And I, and I, I think that made a huge difference because mm. obviously it, it, it's very different to having a meeting face-to-face or sure. you know having a catch-up over a coffee. Now suddenly, like you and I are doing, we're looking at each other through a... <laughs> a computer screen so so initially that worked really well and then and then where where we could over time and as the lockdowns eased or depending on the position we were in as a country in relation to lockdowns and depending on our clients felt we we then had the odd you know the 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 account managers and and the like were able to have the odd interactions face to face um I think where it was quite tricky is in some of the newer sales environments, you know, and, and not being able to create and establish a relationship in in physical form. In other words, you know, looking each other in the eye and, and kind right. of building a rapport. I think that's probably been one of the challenges we've had. And yet the sales team have done phenomenally well, you know, trying to build a relationship over teams. It's almost <laughs> like a virtual world, but I'd say that probably was one of the areas where where the guys in the field selling were delighted to get out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems to be that it's slowly slowly coming back. Um, you know, in terms of you know being able to go out and meet people and and actually yeah. spend some time together in in, in the real world. Yeah, I, th- I think the question has now shifted from uh, Zoom or Teams to uh, are you vaccinated and can we meet in person? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, I mean, Simon, uh, who's in the UK, I mentioned, he runs the UK business for us. He he had his first in-person meeting and followed by a dinner in person um, in the UK, I think about a week or two ago. And and the most exciting thing for him was the fact that they were in person. And I, I kept asking him, how was the meeting? And he said, no, no, it was just great to be you know, seeing people. And, yeah. I, and I think that's a great example of at the end of the day, generally, you know, we as humans, we, we like to, you know, interact with each mm. other. Yes. And then the questions are yeah. get vaccinated quickly so we can meet, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think, I think, um, I think it was one of your colleagues. I, I, I said, uh, I mentioned this to you uh, in a previous podcast uh, for extroverts, the COVID-19 pandemic has been absolutely awful, but for introverts, 
It's been wonderful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 I think that's spot on. Before I let you go, Nick, I just wanted to maybe get your views on the fintech space and also looking at looking at it through a, a COVID lens. Uh, um, how what the impact has been, and I and I've covered some of this ground with with Fakila and some of her colleagues. But um, yeah, but um, you know, I, I, it, it was funny because eighteen months ago, many South African consumers were distrustful of using tap to pay it in retail stores. They thought, well, is this really safe to tap my credit card against this yeah, device yeah. to pay or use my phone to pay for this? Now, if, they, if tap to pay isn't available, consumers get annoyed uh, because they don't want to have to touch the point of sale device. Um, so there's been this complete change in thinking in just 18 months. And I imagine it's not just that example. I imagine this is across the board. Do you think this has really accelerated the uptake of fintech as a concept in South Africa and around the world for that matter? I mean, my, my simple answer is yes, absolutely. I, I think although E4 is very specifically focused on a very particular of course. space, we've even seen it in that, in that space where essentially through COVID and the pandemic, I mean, something as simple as we'd been pioneering electronic signatures and digital documentation for years, but the uptake on signing uh, large contracts electronically was probably not as, as big as we'd hoped. And, and the opposite is true now. 18 months mm. later, um, you know, essentially through COVID in very simple terms, uh, it's the other way around. It's why is this stuff not available to sign electronically, yeah. you know, and, and this should be available to sign electronically. And whatever stumbling blocks there were, you know, as consumers to sign something electronically are, are over. And it's not dissimilar to the example you used around payments. And and uh, and I guess in in many ways, COVID or or the pandemic has accelerated a lot of a lot of these things. And I guess has has created for me the the important thing is a mind shift change. And also mm-hmm. for myself, I guess if if I just take myself out of the E four environment or the tech environment mm-hmm. in in my own world, is you know I'd much prefer to just tap and pay for for yeah. many different reasons or much prefer to, I guess, in our household and, and probably like yours and many others, you know, the, the increase in online shopping and online ordering and in turn, the quality of service that you get is improved dramatically. Yeah, yeah. So it's, anecdot- it's anecdotal, but I think undoubtedly across the board, uh, there's a, a much greater acceleration of technology services whether they're in fintech or prop tech or even med tech, wherever across the board. And then I think also the mentality and the psychology around it from all of us is, mm-hmm. has changed and accelerated. And is, it's, it's almost beyond accepting of it. It's almost to some extent that's like what you, you expect now, if that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah. definitely, definitely created a step change in my opinion. Yeah. Great. Well, Nick, it's been a fascinating discussion. Thank you so much for your time. Duncan, thank you. Thank you. We're definitely going to do the next one in Mauritius though, right? Absolutely. You're on. That's a deal. (laughs) Fantastic. Nick Stephanie, Chief Commercial Officer at E4. Thank you so much for sharing your insights with Tech Central today.